Okay, so President Trump was released from the hospital this week uh, after his COVID diagnosis. And, you know, the, the left is just going crazy about that. Hello, this is Karen. And this is Kevin. And, and this, this is, is Right From, from us. us. Now, you would think this is good news. I mean, the president of the United States, first of all, when I first heard this, my first thought was, oh, no, because both him and Melania contracted COVID. Yeah, you know, he, he's consi- considered obese. Well, he's in the high age risk, too. I don't know. How, how old is Melania? I'm not sure how old Melania is, she, but I think you know, she's probably at least 10 years, maybe more younger than him. Yeah, I'm not sure. how. So old she wouldn't is. be at risk, but yeah, definitely like the president would be at risk. Yeah, and, she, and he's, you know considered obese i guess well he's a big guy but i don't know if you really considered him obese well in 2016 he was 236 pounds i haven't i haven't seen what his weight is now but he looks like he's gained weight yeah but take that with a grain of salt because the current bmi um ideals or goals right now are completely unrealistic i mean you have to be a stick to be within the bmi yeah you're considered morbidly obese if you're just i don't know normal basically but but anyway, so yeah, so when I first heard the news, what did you think when you first heard the news? Were you kind of freaked out? Uh, no, I, I wasn't really freaked out. I was, to tell you the truth, I was really not that surprised. I mean, as many people as he's around yeah. all the time, all the time, constantly, you know, I, I was really in some ways expecting it. Yeah, and of course, you know, everybody was freaked out because of all the places he's been without a mask. And, well, it serves him right because he hasn't been following the rules and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and they had these pictures of the, uh, you know, the Rose Garden event where they they named the the, uh, Supreme Court nominee. They had, uh, they, they called it a super spreader event. And they had pictures of where the people that had been diagnosed with the virus were seated. And, you know who's going to be next to die yeah it's like a russian roulette of death you know it's like oh and people were just like rubbing their hands and laughing gleefully like oh yes the president has it he's gonna die so anyway the the left is they're now um they've resorted to attacking the hospital for for releasing the president you know they're really upset with the hospital because the president didn't die apparently which is so weird because first of all when you're when you've been diagnosed with COVID, it's not a death sentence. Okay, the statistics back that up. Is it scary? Yes, it's scary, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die. So the fact that everybody was first of all assuming he was going to die because now he has COVID, and secondly, really glad about it was disturbing. Yeah, the current the current CDC data shows like a point point one three percent death rate. And that's point one three percent, not thirteen percent. Point one point three. Point one three percent. And that's worldwide, according to the WHO. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's definitely higher for people over the age of sixty five. You know, just about fifty percent of the deaths have been pe- people over sixty five, but overall the death rate is point one three percent, according to the WHO. Yes. So it does not mean a death sentence. It just means you're probably going to be sick for a little bit as if you were sick with anything else. Um, 
But then, you know, he goes, he does the responsible thing. He goes to the hospital. He's having, you know, we want to make sure that he's, and secondly, you know, people that are like, oh, well, the American people have to pay the bill and, and he's getting special treatment and blah, blah, blah. Well, can we step back from your, from your, um, hatred for just a moment and look at this realistically? He's the most powerful man on planet earth. We have to protect this man. He needs to have the best medical care that he can possibly get. So get off your high horse and stop being bitter and consumed with hatred and just be glad that he has recovered. And apparently some of the drugs that the doctors gave him at Walter Reed were extremely effective. Why is this not good news? Why is people, why are people not like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. We've got some potential drugs out there that are highly effective. We can move on with our life and get past this COVID. It's because nobody wants to get past COVID. Yeah, the, the, the people on the left were just disappointed that he just didn't die. Just didn't die at that point. Apparently, President Trump, and I just, I just came across this, President Trump wanted to um, kind of like stage a little thing as he left the hospital. He wanted to sort of limp, limp out of the hospital and then, then open up his shirt with a Superman outfit underneath, <laughs> underneath his shirt. I swear to Pete, Trump. That, that would have been great, though, you know. Well, he does. He, you have to understand, people, that he he does this because he knows he's going to get a reaction, and he's doing it to push their buttons, and they're allowing him to push their buttons. I think he gets he gets some enjoyment out of being a stinker, basically. But again, overall, why is this not good news? Why is it not good news when anybody recovers from COVID? Everybody is just so doom and gloom and focused on the the bad of this. This disease that has now been proven is not as bad as we first thought. Why is nobody happy about this? Why is no one wanting to move on and get back to life? Yeah, you know, another storyline was that uh, one of the drugs that he had taken while in the hospital was uh, uh, prepared from stem cells of from aborted, aborted babies. babies. Yeah, and that that got shot down. Is that true, though? I, I never really saw I, the conclusion on that. I mean, I is that true, that or all. is that just another argument for uh, for abortion? I haven't I haven't researched that one at all. But. I'm not sure either. But again, regardless of where it came from, or who came up, or who came up with it? Oh, we're having no. some technical difficulties. Don't don't touch that wire oh, right there. I think I touched the wire and kind of short circuited myself. <laughs> People out there going, yes. Um, anyway, so I don't know. Again. I don't know why people are not looking at this like this is good news that he's recovered so quickly and we can move on. And there was another treat, another tweet from uh, President Trump, his tweets, I swear, <laughs> they're so baiting and people fall for a hook, line and sinker. But he said something in his tweet about my blood is the vaccine or something like that. Which, you know, people are, are perceiving that, people that hate him are perceiving that like, here's another example of his egotistical, you know, godlike demeanor. Well, that, that, is, he, that is a thing. You, uh, they are seeking people with, that have had the, that have recovered from the virus. They're they seeking their blood to uh, inject in actual, you know, virus patients as antibodies, you know, because because of the antibodies in the blood. And that's exactly what Trump meant by that tweet. But of course, people don't see below what he says. I mean, granted, could he have worded it better? Yes, he could always word his stuff better. He's so blunt. 
But again, people just, they latch onto that and always think the worst of this man. And it's like, for yeah. the love of God. S- sometimes I wish he wouldn't tweet. But then uh, again, yeah, I, me too. <laughs> then again, in some ways, I just, I love his tweets and the way it, it just makes the left wing just go crazy. You know why he does that, though? Just you to know, make him go crazy. Well, that, and he also relies heavily on Twitter because he can't trust the media to report what he says without taking everything out of context and making sound bites out of everything. So that's his way of communicating directly with the American people and bypassing this the biased media out there. So, but boy, I sure wish he would be a little bit more diplomatic in his tweets, but now, he, here's the he, he weighs 244 pounds, he's 6 6 foot 3. Blood pressure 121 over 79. That seems kind of high. And a resting heart rate of 63 beats per minute. No, 121 over 79 is pretty normal. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty average. That's kind of what you want to shoot for. Well, you used to. Again, the guidelines have dropped a little that, bit. But. That reminds me, when, when President Trump, uh, back in 2016, when he was first running, his doctor released a statement. Uh, what was the statement? It was something like, uh, he's in the most excellent health of any person that's ever run for president. Oh, I doubt that. <laughs> Good grief. That, just, that sounds like a uh, doctor that President Trump would use. Yeah. But the fact that the, that people are attacking the doctors at Walter Reed that dared to treat Donald Trump, how dare they let him leave the hospital still breathing is basically what they're alluding to. Some of these tweets. Yeah. Why isn't he on a ventilator right now? Right. It's like, oh, now Walter Reed's reputation's in tatters because, you know, they let him go. And I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to understand where they're coming from. I think they're talking about I think that they're upset that the hospital let him go before the two weeks quarantine, I guess, that has been recommended from day one. That's the only thing I can think of. Why would they be so angry at these doctors for letting him leave the hospital? And that's really what I think it is. I think they think that they let him go too soon and that he's still contagious. I think that's where they're coming from. Yeah, I don't know. He Which, had I don't a, know. Maybe he is. I don't know. Well, he had a rally yesterday, apparently. Well, but again, and that's... The, he was he was to have had a um, a virus test. Um, let's see, how was that supposed to work? He was supposed to have a virus test and and, and be proved negative, and then he was going to have a rally. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure what happened on that. But um, yeah, but let's be let's be completely fair though. <clears throat> I mean, just because you have a test doesn't mean you don't get it a couple hours later. I mean, because you're you're around so many more people and so many potential places to get the but, virus. But if he's had it. And recovered and, ah, and tested negative. But that's that's a good point because actually some people at the hospital are trying to say, and I'd like to know where they're getting this information, is that supposedly you are capable of getting it again after having it the first time. And supposedly the second time you get it is supposed to be worse. Now, this is what I'm hearing from people at the hospital. I don't know if it's true. They can't cite their sources. But you know how this stuff goes. You know, rumors abound. So who knows if that can happen or not. But but. The bottom line is, is people at those rallies, they know that that um, President Trump had COVID and that he's recovering from it. And they have cho- they have chosen to go to these rallies and they can do what they want. It's called free will and it, whatever happens is on them. So you people, we have to get out of this mentality of controlling people's decisions. If that is what you have chosen to do, then you have to accept whatever consequences come from that choice. Yes. So I don't know. There's an yeah, article. Yeah, just don't just don't tell us 
we have to do something. Right. Like if you if you want to wear a mask, if you feel safer wearing a mask, then wear a mask. But or, don't tell somebody they have to wear a mask when they're, there's not another human being, you know, for a mile away. That's Well, and if you're genuinely scared about what's happening, then stay home. You don't have to leave. Yeah. So. All right. So there's another article here about um, the top infectious disease experts launch drive to end lockdowns. Um, more than 5,000 health professionals have signed a petition to try to get everything opened up again. They're calling for an end to lockdowns for the healthy and instead focusing on protecting the people who are vulnerable to the coronavirus. So to me, that's encouraging to see that the epidemiologists are actually banding together and they're realizing that we're going about this the wrong way. And, it, and this can't last forever. It was never meant to last forever. Yeah, are we going to have a lockdown every year when the the flu starts? You know, the the the, the death rate for the flu is like what is it point one percent, which is at this point higher than the COVID virus. Well, and then according and there's usually oh, every every year there's at least sixty to eighty eighty thousand deaths from the regular flu. So is there going to be a lockdown? Are they going to are they going to um, Encourage lockdowns every year for the flu from now on. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's just crazy. Well, and there's um, from the same article. It was an article. Where is this article from? WND, I think it was. I'm looking through our papers here. Yeah, WND, the name of the article is Top Infectious Disease Experts Launch Drive to End Lockdowns. Um, that, that published actually, October 6th. That was actually covering a... Uh, an article or actually a segment on the Laura Ingram show show mm. she had the doctors on well in this article it says the CDC last month issued new estimates that showed people under 50 years infected by COVID-19 have nearly 100% survival rate it broke down to a 99.997% survival rate for 0 to 19 years of age 99.98% for ages 20 to 49 99.5% for 50 to 69 years old and 94.6% for those over 70. So it drops a little bit as you get older, but still pretty high success rate or survival rate. And then, and then continuing with this, those who died of coronavirus, according to the CDC, had an average of 2.6 comorbidities, meaning more than two chronic diseases along with COVID-19. Overall, the CDC says just 6% of the people counted as COVID-19 deaths died of COVID-19 alone. That's what we're not talking about. That's what we're not putting out to the public. Yeah, and think about that for a second. 6%, so there's two, been 213,000 deaths in the United States at this point. So 6% uh, of that would be, what What would that be, 12,000, 12, something like 12,000 are actual on, only deaths from the virus. And all the other ones had an estimated almost three, you know, over two additional things that caused their death. You know, flu, pneumonia. Right. right. Uh, or, you know, or, ongoing or, heart, heart, heart disease, heart attack, diabetes, or, obesity. Or diabetes, yeah. Obesity, which is probably the number one thing. But yeah, when you think about it that way, there's only really, really only been 12,000 deaths only from the virus. I mean, is it sad that all these other thousands of people have died? Of course it is. No one wishes death on anyone. But 
you have to look at this logically. Those people take into perspective. Yes, take it into perspective that these people probably would have died get, contracting any other additional disease you, you know, or every day, sickness. Every day there's these announcements on the radio, the, the news radio, you know, five more people in Greene County died. And then they read off their ages. You know, such and such was 97 and so-and-so was 92. It's like, okay, that's that's terrible, but still. I mean, it, it comes with the territory. I mean, you're older. You probably are Wouldn't frail. these people have probably died any, anyway? Right. I'm not, I guess I'm not discounting or, or anything, their, their deaths, but. But we have to look at this logically and rationally because. The alternative is to lock all these healthy people down who are at very, very low risk of of dying from COVID if they get COVID. So the fact that we are still having these discussions eight, nine months later is disturbing and it's beyond the disease. It's now it, morphed into something way bigger. Yeah, it's just, just to make President Trump look bad, basically. Well, and to try to, you know, dissuade people from getting out and voting and, you know, because I'm control. too afraid. Just have more control over you, you know. It's like you must wear a mask now. And then pretty soon it's going to be you must have the vaccine in order to go on a cruise or go traveling or on a flight or go to the grocery store. You must have proof of the vaccine. Yeah, let me see your documents. That's kind of scary. I think it's very scary. Okay, so back to the president being released from the hospital, uh, we got crazy Nancy Pelosi now proposing this. Uh, it's just, I guess it's enhancing the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution, where uh, they're wanting to create this committee of 16 people, or actually 17 people, that will uh, basically make a recommendation when there's an issue, a perceived issue with the president. Yeah, so basically they're trying to say it'll be a committee of like half Republicans, half Democrats, and then they're all supposed to vote on the last person. And this committee is supposedly supposed to consist of medical professionals, past presidents, you know, anybody, I guess, who's pretty high up in the political chain. But Yeah, all, all unelected people. So the future of the American people rest in, the, in these in these people's hands. They can make the ultimate decision, which that's a scary thought. So anyway, the, the initial the initial idea was well they're they're going to do something to try to oust President Trump. You know they basically tried everything under the sun at this point. You know the phony Russian hoax, the phony uh, Ukrainian phone call. Uh, what, what, you know, all the, all the things that have gone on. Which supposedly um, Hillary Clinton's emails are supposed to bring to light and showcase that it was all a hoax. Not that anything's ever going to happen to Hillary Clinton as a result of it, but at least there might finally be some closure to this whole hoax. For those of you that don't know what the 25th Amendment is, um, the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution deals with issues related to presidential succession and disability. It clarifies that the vice president becomes president as opposed to acting president if the president dies, resigns, or is removed from office and establishes procedures for filing a vacancy in the office of the vice president and for responding to presidential disabilities. The 25th Amendment was submitted 
uh, to the states on July 6, 1965 by the 89th Congress and, and was adopted on February 10, 1967 during the 90th Congress, the day that the requisite number of individual states had ratified the amendment. So this basically came up shortly after John F. Kennedy was assassinated, apparently. Yeah, it's basically an amendment for a what-if situation. Like, I mean, you know, the president's only human. I mean, he or she is, you know, uh, they can get sick or, you know. Talk, talks about the president. What, what happens uh, if the president is incapacitated, the vice president, and then other other significant offices? Something happens to them. Who's going to take over? Who's going who's gonna to lead the country? Um, why don't you read off some examples of when this happened in the past, just to kind of give people some context of what this was used for. This is not something new. This has been on the books for quite a while, and it's actually been implemented a few times. Uh, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, there's just been various times. Um the one time that I that I was looking at that it wasn't used, which I was kind of surprised about, was whenever President Reagan was shot. Uh, apparently, George Bush, who was vice president at the time, George H. W. Bush, who was vice president at that at that time, was on a flight, and they couldn't they couldn't swear him in as president while Reagan was in the hospital, being you know incapacitated as a result of being shot. So that's the one time it wasn't implemented. That was pretty interesting. But but it was probably I mean that was why it was created for that very scenario. So there was a very short time period in our in our history where we didn't really have a president, um, you know. Yeah, that was conscious. Right. He was uh, he was being. Um, Can you scrub a little bit? Well, I was going to look at this one, but on the other hand, whenever President Reagan got a colonoscopy in 1985. They did implement the 25th Amendment and and uh, made George H. W. Bush the acting president while he was while Reagan was uh, under uh, surgery for the for some polyps or something. Well, he had a colonoscopy during which a precancerous lesion was discovered. So, in order to address that immediately, they had to uh, appoint the vice president as president appointed or whatever you want to call it, so that they the the president Reagan would have enough time to you know take care of his health issue there um an example of how it was successfully implemented was in 1974 when gerald ford succeeded richard nixon as president when nixon resigned on august 9th 1974 ford as vice president succeeded to the presidency so that that's what the 25th amendment is designed for is for extenuating circumstances where the president is no longer able to be a president so so anyway, uh, Pelosi's got this 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 uh, proposal out there, and at first everybody in the news was saying, well, they're just trying to get rid of President Trump. But I was thinking, well, really, what they're doing is making it easy if uh, uh, Biden wins. It's making it easy for them to get rid of Biden and put Harris in as president. Well, and if you if you watch the YouTube video of Pelosi's speech about the 25th amendment she's she pretty much tells you that herself she says this she says explicitly this is not for Donald Trump this is for the upcoming election for future presidents so basically she's telling you without actually coming out and telling you that they're laying the groundwork for them to implement the 25th amendment 
for future presidents. If and you when know, Biden wins and he's incapacitated because of his mental capacity or lack thereof, they're going to get Harris into into the office. Now, think about that for a minute, people. Just think about that for a minute. If you watch the vice president presidential debate and Harris's um, responses and her facial expressions and her condensation, you want her to be your president? She seems like a like a college girl or something to me. Just really incapable of being the president. When you say that, are you talking about young? She appears young or inexperienced? Just the, or both. Just her smirks and her her flickering of her eyes, and well, she just seems like a college girl. College girl is not the label that I'm thinking. Whatever I'm seeing her doing, all that stuff, but. We'll just leave it at that. I wonder if the 25th Amendment covers the Speaker of the House. Maybe we can get rid of Pelosi no with kidding. this thing. <laughs> no Wouldn't kidding. Wouldn't that be something if it backfired on her? In Wouldn't the, that be? She, she definitely has got some issues. But that is definitely something to pay attention to, folks. This is a very dangerous path we're going down that they are trying to, again, they're just laying the groundwork. I mean, even even the news media, though, is saying that this this really is going nowhere. That there's no way it's going to going to get passed. It may go through the House, but it, it's never going to go through the Senate, and it's never going to get signed by the president. So you, no. you got to think about why why is she even bothering? Okay. And that's exactly what is I was going to say. It's just a distraction. It's a distraction, and she's laying the groundwork for whatever happens after the election, whether that's Trump remaining in office, you know his health or whatever other excuse they're going to make up. Or if Biden um, wins, then they're going to try to get Kamala in there as president. So I really feel like she's doing it as a distraction, yet another distraction. Cause that's just, let's be honest. Democrats are experts at distractions and people, the American people fall for it every time. Well, but I really think she's laying the groundwork for whatever happens after the election. Right. And maybe just planting a seed for the future. Cause you know, that. You have to give the Democrats credit. They, I mean, they they get their issues that whatever the issue is, and they just they never ever give up on it. You know, whatever the issue is. Well, they are masters at twisting it to suit their agenda. I mean, they're masters they at that just, game. They just keep keep after it until they finally get what they want. Yeah. And the the Republicans, they just cave. You know. In the spirit of, you know, bipartisanship. Trying to keep the peace. Which we, the Republicans just always just cave. Yeah, side note, I was watching a video on D'Souza the other day, and that's what he was talking about, that he's he feels like finally, finally, Republicans are starting to get a backbone and learning how to fight back to the Democrats based on Trump's behavior these last four years because you know Trump is no he's no pushover I and mean, he's a little bit of a bully that's for that's for sure one of the uh, the first thing that I I really loved about President Trump is the fact that he doesn't does not take anything he doesn't take any crap from media. people he just puts it right back in yeah right back he does. on him. and that's been refreshing because I think it's it's served to um, open a lot of people's eyes to the media's hypocrisy and their you know, they're they're trying to twist everything into an agenda that favors the left. I think people are finally starting to realize that. You know, unfortunately, still a lot of people watch that stuff every day. I mean, a lot of people and a lot of people believe it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, back to the vice president debate. You and I sat down and watched it the other night from start to finish. 
That was hard, by the way. <laughs> um, so what, what were your thoughts about it? I thought the moderator did a, a somewhat decent job of keeping things on track. I mean, she was just trying to enforce the rules that were agreed yeah. upon by both campaigns. Yeah, the, the main takeaway I, I got from it was the fact that uh, Vice President Pence just didn't let uh, Harris get by with anything you know he would be asked the, the uh, question and he would he would always say i want to go back to the previous statement and right you would clarify things you know he's very he's just rock solid you know whereas uh kamala kamala harris was you know just batting your eyes and smirking over there most of the time yeah and as usual not really answering the questions but trying to steer the conversation back to orange man bad. Yeah, and, and the I guess the one thing that the one question that came up that keeps coming up is, are you going to pack the court, pack the Supreme Court? Which they, uh, they, Biden or Harris will not answer that question. In fact, Biden said the, the other day he said, "Well, the people don't deserve to hear what I've what my decision is on that." And you will find out what my decision is after I'm elected. He's pulling a Pelosi. Can you believe he says that? I can't believe people stand for it and accept it. And, and you know that that I have to say that the news media is asking that question, and they're saying, "Why won't you answer the question?" And he gets all flustered and and pissed off. But yeah, that's that's the one thing when President Trump challenged that. That's the one thing that Biden said. Would you just shut up, man? Yeah, and to me, if you're not going to answer the, if you're not going to do it then you would say no. The fact that you plan on doing it, that's why you don't answer the question because you're leaving yourself open to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I, that's my, that, those are my plans. I just don't want to come right out and tell you that. And I don't have a ready answer or some additional distraction to distract you from that question. So I guess we were talking about the debate. So what do you think? Well, no, I agree with you. I think that, that um, Pence did a really good job of, um, keeping on track and making sure that he got to say what he wanted to say. And that's exactly what they have to do, regardless of who the moderator is, regardless of if the moderator leans more toward the right or left, regardless of the questions that are being asked. This is a debate. Um, just because you're being asked that question doesn't necessarily mean you have to stick to the question, the answer to that question. And the questions were just so loaded, so biased. The, well, you know, course. the question about climate change is just... It's just unbelievable. And, and how do the how do the Republicans allow these left wing moderators at all these debates? I, I just do not. I don't understand get it why. either. I don't understand it either. But yeah, no, it's um, and I really I really appreciated Pence kind of um, pinning Harris to the board there on, you know, what they plan on doing if they win the election. I mean, they flat out come out and said they're going to roll back every single tax break that Trump has given us. Yeah, on day one, they're going to eliminate the, the President Trump's And then Pence is like, tax. so in essence, you're going to raise taxes. She's like, no, we're not that, going to raise taxes on anybody under $400,000. But again, let's look at this rationally and logically. If you take away what Trump has done, you will end up paying increase. more taxes. So in essence, yes, you are, you're raising taxes for people. <clears throat> So other than that, <clears throat> losing my voice here. Other than that, um, what else did you like about the, was there any other? Oh, you know, the main thing in the news media with the next day was the fly that landed on, oh on Vice President Trump's head. And there's even a, I'm glad you brought there's, that there's up. even a Halloween costume yeah. with uh, a fly in, 
in a gray, actually, gray wig. I actually saw someone um, decorate a pumpkin. They poured white paint over the top to represent white hair. Then they put a fly on there. That's crazy. <laughs> you have to laugh, though. It's pretty funny. But you're, the fact that they're all distracted by a fly lets you know that, again, people people and their attention spans are minuscule. They're just... They, they don't even, they stop paying attention to what's important. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, look, he's got a fly on his head. I mean, that just goes back to what every single argument they always make where they're reverting to insults or name calling as opposed to actually paying attention to what's important, i.e. the issues. So the fact that everybody, because I was kind of watching the Twitter thread during the whole uh, presidential debate. I actually wasn't watching and I was just reading the Twitter comments and it just, it's just amazing to me how people get so distracted by the stupidest and the smallest things. I'm like, okay, it's a fly. Moving on. So what? It did sit on his head for a long time. Well, and there was one commenter. I think it was it CNN or MSNBC. That it wasn't the reporter that said this, but the person they were interviewing was saying, well, you know, flies, they're attracted to, you know, well, you know what I mean, poop, yeah. <laughs> and that that's the sign of the devil and blah, blah, blah. And the reporter, to his credit, was like, try not to laugh because like, really, seriously? Well, then guess what? The next day I saw this in some headlines, you know, oh, that was a sign from Satan, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what in the world are you guys talking about? So anyway, it was quite the experience. I kind of had to push Kevin into watching the debate. I, I did but... not want to watch it. I had already seen all the all the highlights at that point, and I, I didn't really care to, to watch it. But Yeah, but it's important to see what the context is. I mean, I yeah. mean, you can see all kinds of sound bites, but it's important to look at the entire, the, the, the context in its entirety for you to fully understand what he or she means. So that's why I thought it was important to actually watch the debate. Anyway. All right, so is there anything you want to leave them on a positive note here? Uh, you know, just don't pay attention to the fear-mongering of the news media. I mean, it's going to get, what is this, uh, three weeks away from the election. There's just, it's going to get crazy over the next few weeks. Believe gonna, it or not, people, it's going to get even worse. There's gonna, yeah, there's going to be more stuff, wild and crazy stuff coming out. Just Don't fall for it. Don't be distracted. Stay focused. Get out and vote in person, please. It's important. Yeah. And, you know, get your friends. Yeah, don't let vote. anybody tell you, oh, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. Well, you know what, people? It's, it's time it's to pay time attention. It's time to pay attention. This is pretty important. Yes, because uh, the America that we know it may not be the America we want after the next election, depending on who wins. So it's important that everybody stay informed and get out and vote. All right. Okay, you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you have next time. Bye. Bye.